Rojbaş, this is the Kurdish edition podcast and I'm your host Sardar Saadi. Hi everyone, this is the 15th episode of the Kurdish edition podcast. In this episode, I host Kamal Chomani, a Kurdish journalist from Bashur or Iraqi Kurdistan, to talk about the latest view of uh, protests in Bashur and the social and political uh, uh, background or the context behind uh, these protests. Uh, Kamal Chomani is a former non-resident fellow at the Tahrir Institute for the Middle East Policy uh, and uh, he is currently an editor of the Kurdistan Times, uh, which is an online political magazine. Since the beginning of December, a new wave of protests has shaken Bashur. People in many cities and towns, especially in the province of Sleimania, have come to the streets to demand an end to the ongoing political and economic corruption in the Iraqi Kurdistan uh, regional government. These protests were triggered by the failure of the government to pay the salary of its more than 1.25 million employees. Many public employees have received partial uh, payment for only a few months of 2020, while outstanding payments have been piling up. The Kurdish regional government uh, accuses Baghdad for their failure, but as my guest explains today, the unpaid salaries is just one reason for the people to take the streets, and in fact, the issues that protesters are uh, raising have much deeper roots in the ongoing corruption in all parts of the uh, the Kurdish government, and in the mafia rule of the Barzani and uh, Talibani families over uh, Kurdistan. My interview today with Kamal Chomani was conducted and recorded via Zoom, uh, so the quality of the, uh, the audio recording is as far as uh, Zoom recording goes. Kamal, thank you very much again uh, for being uh, uh, on uh, the Kurdish Edition podcast. Uh, you were one of my very first guests uh, for the podcast when we began. Uh, so uh, in the last couple of weeks, we are seeing a new wave of uh, protests in uh, Bashur, Iraqi Kurdistan. And you kind of talked about uh, how unstable the situation is in Iraq and uh, in Kurdistan. And during that time, it was, I think, uh, protests were taking place in southern parts of Iraq and in Baghdad. So uh, just to begin, uh, can you give us a background of what's going on? Uh, and uh, we can go into details uh, in a bit. Uh. Uh, hi, Serdar. Uh, thanks for having me. And it's a pleasure to, to be in your podcast once again. And um, yeah, I remember exactly two years ago when you first started your podcast, I was one of your very first guests. and. Uh, yeah, and uh, now I have somehow followed of, of, almost of all your um, podcasts, and uh, I think you have also recently started your Kurdish edition as well, which is, um, I congratulate for the success. Thank you. And uh, as you said, you know, if you, um, I still remember we somehow discussed uh, about what's going to happen in Kurdistan back then. And uh, because the problem is that people have uh, protested against and the demands that they have right now, these demands and these problems have always been there. And it has all only been the, time, the matter of time uh, for the youth and for the people to stage protests and demonstration in, in the Kurdistan region of Iraq. And uh, coming back to your question, uh, in the beginning of December, so uh, some youth in, diff- in, in the peripheries of, of city of Slemania 
and they started some demonstrations, some very small scale demonstrations in Sayyid Sadr, in Penguin, then in Kalar, in Kifri, in Chamchamal, in, in, all, in almost, in Rania, in almost all parts of Sleimania governorate, which is Sleimania is ruled by the Patriot Union of Kurdistan and Erbil and uh, Duhok are ruled and controlled by the Kurdistan Democratic Party. So uh, before the protests started in Slemani, there was also some protests in Duhok governorate, in Shiladze and also in Duhok. But the KDP cracked down them and somehow um, arrested the majority of the activists and those uh, people who were active in the protests. And now they are still in prison right now. And uh, so the KDP also somehow militarized the cities, militarized the uh, local areas and uh, also uh, deployed uh, it is Peshmerga militia in many many places that somehow have created a militarized uh, situation where it's impossible in the KDP controlled area to protest. So coming back to um, Slemani area and you know Slemani area somehow has been different as compared to other parts of, of KDP controlled area because there is somehow um, Formal opposition, it is the stronghold of the formal opposition party change movement. And also, the PUK is very much um, divided. There are some wings within the, within the PUK are also not happy with the, with the current situation. So, staging a protest in the PUK area has always been much easier. So, at the beginning of uh, December, like in Seyd Sadr, as I said, in Halabja, in Rania, in Kalat, in almost all the uh, small and big towns in Sleman area, they started protests. Mm -hmm. And this time they started the protests, it, it was not uh, like before, it was, they were not somehow very much uh, peaceful as before, because um, uh, they have had uh, an experience with the peaceful demonstrations, where they have always staged demonstrations and protests without having any response from the authorities. So uh, they use, especially this, this time, the majority or absolute majority of the protests, protesters are the youth. And uh, so they staged or they raided attacks on the uh, political parties headquarters. They said, you know, you are the misery of our uh, past, our present, and we don't, we don't want you to be the, mis the, miser the misery of our future. And so, uh, Kamal, so they, this, yeah. uh, uh, as far as the, the reports uh, um, have been published in many uh, English uh, mainstream newspapers, uh, like in Washington Post, Financial Times, uh, El Monitor, and other places, uh, they are talking about uh, the main reason behind this new wave of protest is this. Uh, uh, this dysfunction of the government relationship uh, between the uh, federal government and the uh, Kurdistan government and uh, uh, not uh, distributing uh, uh, wage salary, people's uh, public employee salaries and wages uh, and it's been once. But what you're saying that these people are youth and they are not necessarily uh, employees of uh, the government or public employees. Yeah, you know, you, you, you really mentioned a very good point. I think it's a very, very misleading, um, you know, narrative that is promoted by the ruling parties and especially the Kurdistan Democratic Party. They always blame anything that's happening in Kurdistan. 
Baghdad and other, you know, uh, virtual leaders, virtual enemies of Kurdistan that we don't know who they are. And international media, they, have, they are also, you know, um, failing to understand the roots of the protests. So just coming back to 2011, February 2011, when the Kurd, a kind of Kurdish Supreme started also in Kurdistan. So the protests back then, we, we didn't have a very good relationship with Baghdad. And the majority of people were, were you know, having a bit, much better life. And uh, the majority, almost all the uh, employees, they were receiving uh, their monthly salaries in full and also on time. And uh, we didn't have uh, unemployment uh, problems as, as we have now. We didn't have a financial crisis. And we didn't have uh, an economic problem as we have right now. So back then, the problem was, you know, people protest against inequality, against injustice, against, uh, you know, lack of equal opportunities for all, against undemocratic, dysfunctional government. In the meantime, we also protest against this militia role in the Kurdistan and also having uh, two families, two political parties, uh, privatizing everything, monopolizing the market, and uh, you know, controlling every joint of society and politics, they are making all the all the local, domestic, regional, Iraqi, and international policies of the Kurdistan region in a kind of unilateral authoritarian uh, regimes uh, regime system. So, demonstrations back then were against such kind of system in Kurdistan region. That's exactly what's happening right now. The protests. The majority of the protesters are the youth and they are not public employees. To say that these people are protesting because they are not receiving uh, their monthly salaries um, because there's a, a, a political problem, political rift between Baghdad and Erbil. And uh, so it is true there's one of the, one of the reasons um, of the public employees that they are protesting against the uh, Kurdistan regional government is because they are not being paid mm -hmm. their monthly salaries on time and in full, but it's not, but this time the youth that are protesting has nothing to do with Baghdad. It's all mm -hmm. about the KRG, it's all about inequality, injustice, and having an undemocratic rule. It's about the youth, they want a better life. The current, the current government, you know, so we have a leadership in the Kurdistan region that they have been ruling the Kurdistan region in the past 30 years, or their parents have ruled the Kurdistan region in the past 30 years. So, let so me the youth, yeah. That? yeah, let's, uh, uh, before going into that, I, you mentioned some parties and you, you mentioned the two families. Uh, I'm sure many of our uh, listeners are kind of uh, familiar with, uh, with the political system of uh, uh, Iraqi Kurdistan. But the, for the, the two families, you know, Barzani family with the uh, Kurdistan Democratic Party and Talibani family with part, uh, Patriotic Union of Kurdistan. Uh, and they uh, have many members of parliament, in uh, Kurdistan parliament and many members in Iraqi parliament. Is that correct? Yeah. And what sure. are the other, uh, you mentioned the change movement, Goran movement, uh, but there are also other actors and as far as I have seen, these youth, these protesters, are also protesting uh, these smaller parties that were, in the years before, they were kind of 
being a position of opposition, uh, oppositional groups against uh, these two families and these two main parties. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, because the KDP and, uh, and PUK, the Taliban and family, uh, Barzani family, they were very much successful in buying the smaller parties and also incorporating the oppositional parties into their system. Now we had a change, the change movement, Goran, which was led by um, legendary Kurdish leader, Nausher mustafa But after her death, so we, didn't, we don't have any more the change movement. We have a change movement, which is part of the coalition government, and they are part of the corruption right now. And the youth, they say, so this change movement, for example, participating in the government in the hope that they will bring changes and they will bring about some uh, radical economic and, um, and, uh, and political reforms. However, the change movement is trying to uncover or let's say cover um, the, the, the failures of the KRG. So they say the majority are the same because the, the oppositional, former oppositional parties, they are also part of the government in a way because um, they, have they are legitimizing whatever the KDP and PUK are doing. Mm -hmm. They have not taken a serious position and firmly asking and demanding radical and radical economic and political reforms. That's why they are also staging and uh, protest against all the political parties. Because the youth, they say, uh, if the po opposition parties are also serious, they could also join them so as to protest against the system and the system would, would somehow would be pressured to bring about changes and also to accept it, to admit to the protesters' demands. Yeah. And th this, is, this, is the, th this is one of the reasons. In the meantime, so back in 2018, we, we did have we did have a new election and then afterwards we ha now we have a coalition government and in the coalition government it's three main political parties kdp puk and also change movement are part of the uh, of, of this government that's why the us are angry about uh, angry against all these and um, political parties and it's they are not only like uh, setting fire to the uh, political party headquarters they are also setting fire to the uh, public, uh, like uh, government public uh, office. offices, mm -hmm. because they, you know, the, the 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 government and also the system that we have is nothing other than legitimizing the the family rule of the KDP and PUK, mm -hmm. and every single every single headquarter in these areas had nothing to do with the government. They are all affiliated to the political parties, and they are all being used to oppress, to suppress the youth. And they are also, you know, the main reasons of all the failures in these periphery cities in, in, the, in the peripheries. However, it doesn't mean that the, 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 the center has also, you know, uh, protest because also Slemani, you know, the Slemani has also started protests, but uh, in, in Slemani, they have been cracked down much worse than the, uh, than the the other cities and well, uh, let's not forget yeah let's uh, yeah just to, to mention something let's not forget that you know the governor of Slemani is the for, is a change movement member mm -hmm. and people are saying if the change movement is not happy with this with what's going on so why they why they are part of the government why they are not withdrawing why the governor is not um, resigning from his position right yeah. 
And uh, uh, you mentioned that the uh, suppression of uh, the government against protesters in Slemania and some other cities, and there are some really, really disturbing images and news uh, coming from, uh, from Kurdistan. Uh, what is the latest updates? Uh, uh, I saw that in some news reports, they're talking about nine deaths uh, and the death toll is uh, growing. Uh, what's going on right now? So that, that, as far as you said, you know, nine, nine protesters have been uh, killed or eight. I don't know because, you know, there might be some data. And uh, so the protesters, uh, hundreds have been injured. Hundreds are in prison now. And uh, so also the, 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 the security forces have, they have militarized the, the cities. They are also, they are going after the activists and the protesters. And uh, also, uh, in, in response, also the, the protesters have set to fire, set the, you know, fire to more than 150 uh, headquarters, I think. And uh, so there have been a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, getting on right now. And uh, uh, so in every single city in the KDP and PUK area, so anyone who might stage a protest. So they are going after mm -hmm. them. For instance, they, uh, the KDP just uh, a few days ago, they arrested uh, some youth. So majority, all of them were under 18 years old just because they wanted uh, to protest. And right. uh, they, they, they arrested a friend of mine just because of uh, condemning the arresting and crackdown of the protesters for just a, con a comment on Facebook. Yeah, I saw I saw that post, and uh, you mentioned that they are at, uh, the protesters have uh, set some buildings on fire. Uh, so, can we say that in this situation there is no clear leadership of uh, these protesters? Like, because in the past, the uh, change movement uh, was uh, somehow involved in uh, widespread protests uh, that you mentioned. And then uh, some other smaller groups were also involved. Uh, so right now, uh, is there an organization, is there a leadership uh, behind uh, these protests or are they just spontaneous youth uh, street uh, uh, unrest? Can we say that? Yeah, there's absolutely no leadership among the protesters. No one is the leader. And there is not uh, organized political, organ uh, there are no political organizations behind these protesters. However, there might be some people they want to, you know, invest and also um, have to say, um, thinking of uh, supporting the protesters in the, in the hope that in the future they will uh, gain their support in the election. That is completely legitimate for any political party or any politician to do. However, the protesters are completely spontaneous and uh, they are independent. All they want is, as I said, you know, they, are, they, they don't have a political agenda. What they have is they are completely rejecting the current system. Mm -hmm. you know, so the, this is kind of similar to what the protesters in Baghdad and in, even in other examples like in protests in Beirut are kind yeah, of somehow yeah. somehow in Baghdad they are organized somehow in Baghdad they have a leadership and there are they organize somehow themselves and also they have a kind of coalition with the with some other political parties however in Kurdistan 
the demands are the same. You know, the same demands that people of Basra have that are the same demand that the people of Sleimani, Arbil, Zaho and Shilaza they have. And that's the same, uh, you know, and also in terms of the age, they are the same age. Like uh, in Baghdad and also in, in Kurdistan, they are around 15 to 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And this youth, and uh, this youth, they have, they may be, they may, you know, organize themselves in the future, but right now they are not organized. And all they, they want is just to, you know, to confront the, the political system. And they have some big demands, like, uh, as I said, demands for equality, for justice, for, you know, for better, a better life and um, job opportunities. Because let's not forget, it, it has been for almost, um, you know, eight, eight, eight years, the government has not created an, a single job, let's say. Yeah. You know, and before, yeah. Yeah, I want to go, come back to the, uh, this question of you, uh, ask you some uh, specific questions about uh, this uh, youth that you're referring to. But before that, uh, I want to know what the government, the Kurdish government, what these two parties are saying. I saw that uh, Masrur Barzani uh, tweeted in English, uh, like I have no idea who the audience of Masrur Barzani uh, are who speak in English. And uh, he talked about this uh, protest. Uh, so what they are saying, what, what, is, what is their reaction uh, against this uh, protest? So the, the government, you know, uh, the prime minister and also other people are completely detached to the realities of the Kurdistan region. They don't know what's going on. And also their advisors are also, either they are also detached or they are not brave enough to tell the truth to their, uh, you know, to, to their masters. I tell them masters because they are not leaders to them. And uh, so the government, as always, they have said, so there are, there's a hand which is very funny and, you know, everyone is making jokes on them. Mm-hmm. So they say there is a hand behind the protesters. I don't know what's this invisible hand that they are talking about. And first, they also they blame it that you, uh, the, the Kurdistan Workers Party, the, the PKK, PKK, and also the PKK already you know rejected such kind of claims. And uh, also, we, we haven't seen a single PKK activist within the protesters because the PKK has a lot of supporters. They have also a kind of uh, you know ally, a political ally, political party ally in the Kurdistan region. They they have also not joined the protesters. Mm-hmm. And uh, then also the KDP started and uh, to uh, blame one of the wing within the PUK, uh, like the co-chair of PUK, Lahore Talabani. But Lahore is also, you know, cracking down on the protesters. Mm-hmm. They are killing the protesters, like the co-chairs and also the, uh, like the, the, the PUK leadership. Right. And uh, so, and Masru Barzani, you know, uh, he, he They're also, also that Iran and Hashti Shabi are involved. I have seen some yeah. like very bizarre comments about that. So they, they you know, they, they, uh, they have a lot of fake news and they have a lot of people to just mislead the, 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 the public opinion and they disinform and misinform very, uh, you know, very organized, uh, organizedly. And however, you know, they said, okay, they have done the best to bring the better opportunities, blah, blah, blah. But there was a, 
um, you know, decline in the oil prices. There are problems with Baghdad, and then they attacked Baghdad for not having, uh, uh, like, um, you know, that the Baghdad has, yeah, not sending the Kurdistan region uh, financial entitlements. Um, however, so, you know, so just let me ask you uh, this question then. Uh, like if we go with these reports that are out there about these unpaid salaries, what is this problem? Uh, where is it coming from? Uh, this uh, financial relationship between the Kurdistan uh, regional government and Iraqi government. Uh, what is this question about? What is this issue about the uh, salaries? So basically, very very you know uh, simply saying. Back in 2003, so 2013, the Kurdistan regional government prime minister back then, Nechirvan Barzani, he started an, uh, a scheme which is called economic independence. So he started uh, also uh, a 50 years, uh, 50 years agreement, oil agreement with, with Turkey. And through that scheme, so he, the Kurdistan region was supposed to send to export oil through uh, Turkey and Baghdad rejected. And then this problem became much bigger in a, to a point in 2014. So Baghdad cut the Kurdistan regional government a budget because they said the Kurdistan region is exporting its oil. And then um, so the Kurdistan region should provide it as a budget. So at the beginning, the KRG didn't have a problem because back then oil prices were much higher and they also, the KRG had, did have the uh, control over the Kirkuk oil. But afterwards, so we didn't have the, now we, did, we don't have control over the Kirkuk oil and also oil prices declined. And also Ashti Haurami, the National Resources Minister, he was, he had uh, promised that the Kurdistan region can export 1 million barrel per day and uh, from 2015. So the KRG failed to do that. Right. So uh, we, did, we, we lost the Kirkuk oil. We failed to export uh, 1 million barrels per, per day. And also we failed, uh, uh, how to, also there was uh, oil, oil, oil decline, uh, oil, uh, oil decline in oil price in international market. So the KRG is somehow bankrupt. So they, they, uh, they didn't have any economic uh, projects. They failed to bring any, uh, any reformers. And there is also still like a mafia rule within the, uh, within the KRG that they are uh, rigging the resources. And the domestic revenues that we have is from the border pointers that like Ibrahim Khalil, Bashma, Haji Omaran, and Paris Khan. And again, you know, this revenue also doesn't, doesn't go to the KRG. Uh, this is basically... This import export taxes that are yeah exactly and tariffs which from the customers which directly goes uh, to the to the kdp and puk like businessmen and so the krg is somehow uh, bankrupt so right now the baghdad government says of course baghdad government has also its own problems there have been huge problems they are also as corrupt as the krg so they cannot also send the uh, budget to the KRG because also the Iraqi market, the Iraqi public doesn't accept it. The Iraqi opposition, there are a lot of people within the government, within the parliament, they are against. So the Baghdad didn't send because they say, okay, you, you cannot export your oil and also uh, take advantage from the oil of Basra. So this problem is, is, is going on. The KRG is not 
ready to uh, to hand it all to Baghdad so that Baghdad will cover the Kurdistan region uh, financial entitlements. And uh, Baghdad in response also doesn't, doesn't sense. So this problem is there. Mm -hmm. However, it's not only that, you know, um, if there will be radical reforms, economic financial reforms, if the KRG will be able to diversify its economy, if the KRG is able to end this and then the corruption within the government, within the uh, all the, you know, uh, all the, within the natural resources sector and also the border point, the KRG can do something for the, uh, for its people to provide the uh, public, uh, public, uh, public employees uh, payments. So now, so I think as far as in 2010, so the KRG has failed to, to provide, a, I think they, we are now in, in, in December, and the public employees have only been paid, I think, three times or four times, and yep. not, in, not in full. So that's why the public employees are protesting. And there's also an, uh, another problem, with, which is the KRG and also Baghdad as well, they have, they have created this rental, um, you know, economic system where they have employed thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people, within the security forces, within the government, so that to win, you know, their uh, consent and all their support in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the elections. So the KRG, we have, we have a small budget right now and also with a huge uh, public, uh, public expenditure, the KRG cannot uh, do that. And also uh, the KRG has completely failed to bring any reforms. So that's why uh, we are in this mess, and right. uh, so the people know know very well. The people who are responsible on that is uh, these two political parties, top leadership, or let's say the Taliban and Barzani family, and uh, that's why. And also, you know, um, the the issue is that that this time people are completely disappointed, and people don't think that these two political parties with this uneducated and democratic authoritarian families that they can break any kind of uh, you know economic and political changes that's why they have reached in a point where they say no way we can go on with this uh, political system there should be this is the time that there should be uh, you know serious radical political and economic changes yeah um, well uh... We know, Kamal, that since 1991 and since the establishment of this autonomous region in northern Iraq, uh, these two families have, uh, have been the uh, main part of uh, how the Iraqi Kurdistan took shape in the last three decades. And until now, they are still in power without, like, once were challenged by the change movement, but they are continuing. And until 2017, uh, we know that Masoud Barzani and KDP, they were saying all the problems are because uh, we don't have our independent entity. So the, the question was uh, independence from and separation from Iraq. And we saw how it failed, the, the fiasco of referendum, uh, how it ended up that uh, Kurds lost Kirkuk and, uh, in a very... Uh, 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 humiliating way, uh, let's say, and the PUK was uh, especially responsible for what happened. Uh, maybe one or two fractions uh, 
which I'm sure that you know more. So we have come to this point, and you mentioned there are there were many protests uh, in the last uh, few years, in the last decade, and uh, the sentiments, this disenfranchisement between the youth, is kind of shared between many countries, uh, with many youth in many countries of the region. Uh, and we see how the region ended up in today's situation. What do you think uh, this is going, this time uh, is gonna uh, end up? Like, is there gonna be any changes, any uh, differences with the past protest? Um, so it's, it's, it's really uh, difficult to expect what's going to happen. You know, this is Middle East and sometimes very unexpected things are happening and uh, but if we look at the uh, what has happened in the past in the region so we have um, so eventually we will either have egypt which is you know a total authoritarian totalitarian regime or maybe you will have a new syria where there is a kind of civil war or maybe we will have also you know the political system will understand and uh, there will be some, some, some changes within the political system and they will, be, they will be able to bring some changes where we will, not, we will neither have um, uh, Egypt nor Syria, but, but maybe we will have a new experience where the government and also the political parties will come together to, uh, to reshuffle the government, to reform, and uh, so everything is expected. However, I'm very much uh, disappointed from the KDP and PUK to bring about any changes. And uh, so far they have chosen to crack down on the protests. And uh, so uh, unfortunately they have, uh, so far they have successfully cracked down any protest, any, any political dissent in Kurdistan region. And uh, this time I don't think they will be able uh, they may be for a short term, they will be able, but since the KDP and PUK are not bringing structural radical reforms, that's why I don't think they will be able to forever uh, consolidate power. Let us, <clears throat> let's not forget, you know, any reform that the KDP are, and the PUK are bringing, it is very, you know, very, very low level and it's very small uh, scale that is more about, you know, they are also talking about digitalization of the government and also some reformers within the, you know, diversifying economy in terms of supporting or subsidizing uh, agriculture or farming and tourism. So these are very small reforms that they are talking about. They, if they re are really serious about uh, reforms, they should be brave enough to, you know, um, to first reach an agreement with Baghdad, to reshuffle the government, to have a technocratic government, and also to have, um, you know, serious reforms within the oil, oil sector. At the same time, serious reforms within the uh, KRG uh, taxation and tariffs and customers, you know, in, in the border, border pointers. In the meantime, also, you know, it's not only about change, it's also not only about economic change, it's also about political changes. The Kurdistan region people cannot accept it having two families ruling the entire region for, forever. 
the hmm. people of the Kurdistan, especially the youth, they want the same opportunities. So what is the youth right now are asking, you know, they are questioning, what's the difference between Qubat, Qubat Talabani, Padal Talabani, Laur Talabani, Mosul Barzani, all these Talabanis and Barzanis are at the top of the, of the, of the you know, pyramid of the uh, power in the Kurdistan region without having any merit, without having the potentiality to lead the nation. You know, there are, even if they had some, this kind of potentiality, people might have tolerated, the youth might have tolerated, but we have much smarter youth, much more, you know, better leaders. And also there should be an opportunity for others to lead the nation, to, yeah. to, to try themselves. And uh, also in terms of, of um, in terms of also this kind of political system we have, people want a decentralized, a decentralized governance. They cannot accept, you know, people right now are asking in Halabja, why, why certain people in Arbil to decide to make decisions on my behalf? We also want to participate in making decisions. People want to decide on their budget. People want to decide which project is good for, for, their, for their city, for their town. And uh, people want transparency. They, we don't know, what, we don't know uh, how much we are getting, how much oil we are exporting, how much uh, where are our revenues. Look at the KRG. In the past 20 years, only two years, we, we, we have had uh, you know, public budget. Now the KRG doesn't have a public budget. So how can you lead a government without having a budget? How can you plan? How can you, you know, right now we don't have any plan. We don't have any strategy. So it's just the prime minister or deputy prime minister coming on TV saying, and you know, it's very funny, as you said, you know, Mosul Barzani is coming on Twitter to announce his uh, projects and without any, without the- uh, In English. Uh, without even, <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's in English. So you're just, uh, targeting a small middle class that you have created through corruption in Kurdistan, like they, you have already, uh, you know, uh, through some universities. Look at, it's just, just an example. There's a, Nishirvan Nishir Barzani has a son, he's called um, he's, uh, Idris Barzani. Uh, so Idris, I don't know what are his credentials, and I don't think he has even, I don't think, I don't know whether he has finished it, he has completed his BA or not. But now he's the chancellor of the Kurdistan University, Kurdistan uh, University in Arpil. Uh, so the Kurdistan University was established, was founded on public budget. Right. And Nechir Barzani later privatized. He also privatized a, a, a hospital and he gave to his son. So this is, you know, how can people accept it? All the rigid. public goods will be given to the, you know, to the, to the sons of the families. So all this things should be changed. And I think this time, uh, there's, no, there's no way. Either they will continue killing people as they are doing, so mm -hmm. as to consolidate power, or people cannot, will not stop until they see real uh, changes in the Kurdistan region. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Kamal. I wanna, uh, uh, maybe one last question that I wanna finish this episode with is the role of the international uh, community. And like we know that many uh, government and non-governmental bodies are very much active in Iraq and in, uh, in Kurdistan region. And the United States has uh, uh, like a big say in what's going on in Iraq. Why they haven't been able to in the last, like if, at least since 2003, 
to kind of uh, uh, transform the political system of uh, uh, Iraq and in Kurdistan? What is the role of uh, what the international community uh, is saying and what role they can play? Yeah, this, this is a very good question. And uh, just to, to, you know, I, I should also mention that, <clears throat> so people of Kurdistan, they know the international community can, can have a say, and they can also pressure the Kurdistan regional government, also the KDB and PUK, because the international community has been guaranteeing the, the security and also the, uh, they have been protecting the Kurdistan region since 1991. And, uh, and also, especially in the past, uh, let's say, 10 years, they have been uh, arming, equipping, and training the Peshmerga forces. Mm -hmm. And uh, the same Peshmerga forces are now killing the protesters, are now killing the innocent youth who are seeking justice, equality, and a better life and a democratic uh, system. So people believe that, and it is true, the international community should have a say and they can pressure. That's why there is a, like I want to mention this, there's a petition online and uh, I think until now, so let's just check, 723, 25 people have signed where they ask the international community, especially EU countries and the United States and the United Kingdom that you are equipping these political parties, you are arming and also you are uh, training their militia force. So it's your opportunity to condition the military, the, the, this aid, and this aid should not be used in, uh, you know, in domestic uh, internal conflict. This is first. And secondly, um, since you are also aiding the, the Kurdistan region, a lot of money, and you are supporting, you should not only be concerned about security, and you should not only uh, be concerned about, uh, okay, if we do not support the KDB and PUK and there, there might be Iran will uh, come in and uh, they will uh, control the Kurdistan region. In fact, Iran has already controlled the KDB and PUK and Iran is against any democratic changes in the, in the region. So international community, it is their uh, responsibility, their moral responsibility to have a say and thus far, there have been some, like, uh, they have tweeted a bit, they have, they have showed some kind of concern, but that's not enough, and people are uh, expecting them to be much more uh, outspoken against uh, the killing. Because, you know, people are asking, uh, why you are not treating the protesters in Iraq equally? Why you are supportive to the protesters in Baghdad and Basra, but you are not supportive, supportive to the protesters in the... Kurdistan region. Very good the point. same demands, the same uh, concerns, and also the same uh, youth. There is yeah. th this is a this is hypocrisy, and it should be ended. Yeah, yeah, very good point. And uh, yeah, I can see the petition on change.org, and uh, I'll be sharing a link in the description of this uh, episode. Uh, Kamal, thank you so much. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say? I um, we're gonna do another. Uh, Kurdish Sorani episode as well. So I'm gonna uh, ask you more questions. I wanna uh, keep your energy a little bit. But if there is anything else that uh, you wanna say, uh, please. Thanks a lot, Serda. It was, uh, it was great to talk to you once again. Thanks for having me and thanks for the uh, very great job that you are doing in your podcast. Thank you very much.